talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Andrew Gillis, and this is Signing Week. Signing Day is 24 hours away as you're listening to this pod on Tuesday. This is us talking about Ohio State's 2024 recruiting class. We did the offensive commits on Monday. We're doing the defensive commits on Tuesday. Less names. There's 23 commits in the class. I think 10 of them are defensive commits. And we're, we're going to run through the class first. And they, the Ohio State's defensive recruiting might not be done, both in winning and losing, depending on how some things yeah. shape out here. So let's, let's start in the back and work our way to the front. So let's start with the safeties position first. Who are Ohio State safeties in this class, Andrew? Well, yeah, the the guy, he's um, uh, one of the more recent commits, uh, Leroy Roker. He is out of uh, Fort Myers, Florida. He is the number 1,177th player in the country, the number 117th safety, number 155 player in the state of Florida. Uh, He was a safety commit. He committed to the Buckeyes in season on October 11th. Um, he was a guy who you look at and you see, I mean, you, you watch his highlight tape and, and like, frankly, I mean, I know Ohio state fans are a little skeeved when you see a thousand, he's not a KJ Bolton. He's not a five-star player. Like Ohio state was after that guy, that type of player, right? He's not a Caleb Downs type of player, but he's, you, you watch his highlight tape and you're like, this kid's got some good ball skills, right? Like this kid's got some athleticism. He can come up and make some plays. And, and I think you, you watch him and you're fairly impressed um, I'm not saying that this guy is, you know, that like that immediate, you know, he's going to come in and start type of player. Um, but I, I, I did, I did kind of, I was intrigued by what I saw from Leroy Roker. Um, but, uh, you know, again, he is a three-star player, so he's not, you know, one of the, he's, he's actually in terms of the two, four, seven composite rankings, he's the lowest ranked player in this class. Um, so take that for what you will. Um, and then you go to Jalen McClain. Uh, he is the highest ranked safety in this class. Um, obviously, they they have um, they have three safeties or two, excuse me, two safeties in this class currently. Um, Jalen McClain is the number two sixty four player, four star player, number twenty seven safety, number three player out of New Jersey. Uh, Ohio State recruits New Jersey every so often, um, so they dip back into that well and get uh, Jalen McClain. Uh, McClain is six foot one eighty five. Um, he's a player that you look at and you can kind of see him play a couple of different roles. You can see him play high safety. You can see him playing down in the box a little bit. Um, you know, I, again, with a lot of these guys, you you need to see them in a year when they add some weight and when they, when they kind of get to their physical form. So I am, I am curious to see kind of how he can, how he can kind of build onto that. Um, you know, but he's a good player and I think Ohio State's, um, you know, they like what they have with, with McLean. And uh, right now, and again, this is a kind of a hint for what we're looking at, but Ohio State has two players in their class uh, at the safety position in McLean and in Roker. Are we expecting both of these guys to be bandits and safeties? So free safety, strong safeties in this defense? Yeah, you know, you look at some of the positions, like, you know, you look at, you know, a guy that, like McLean and Roker, they're definitely more coverage guys. You know, they're definitely more of, of guys that can, you know, move around a little bit, but I don't see, I don't see, like, they definitely fit the mold of, like, a, like, a Josh Proctor, I think, um, you know, they definitely fit those types of molds, so, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I think that that's kind of where, 
where I would see that. Okay. The reason I asked that question is Miles Lockhart's listed as a cornerback, but they're bringing him in to play that nickel position. So let's talk mm-hmm. about him as well and his yeah. background, his profile. Yeah, Lockhart, um, you know, he is, I mean, when you look at their, Ohio State has two really good corners, and we're going to talk about them soon. Um, Lockhart's 5'10", 185. Uh, He's out of Chandler, Arizona, number 369 player in the class, 25 corner, and number nine player in the state of Arizona. Um, He's got really good coverage skills. Um, You know, you said they're bringing him in to play the slot. You just look at him, and you're like, all right, this is a guy who he can play – pretty soon as a as a slot player um especially when you talk about what they've got on the outside with with the other two corners so this is a nice little class for them in the secondary i thought especially corner um but when you when you talk about lockhart 510 185 like i said good corners good coverage skills i i wonder what kind of physical upside there is in terms of like a you know, this dude is going to line up against the number one receiver and just jam him off the line because he's got, you know, the he's the strongest corner in the room and he's the fastest corner in the room. But I think he's just a really sound and really solid player who you look at and you're like, all right, this dude is going to be really, really good. And you can kind of move him around left, right. Doesn't matter. I think you're going to feel really comfortable about him. So, uh, you know, I, I like Lockhart in terms of what, what they're recruiting him as. I, I certainly like the fit. So how happy should fans be about the safety group, especially obviously McLean and, and Roker and the job Perry Eliano has done really over the last two years recruiting where, as, as we talked about on the Monday pod, go listen to that. We talked about the offensive line. It does feel like the safety group is what the offensive line recruiting is on offense. That's it's that on defense. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where like, if you had, Again, I, I, I look at it like you said, the offensive line point's a great point because I, I look at it in the exact same kind of frame of mind. If you had a KJ Bolden in this class and then you followed it up with Jalen McClain and Leroy Roker and you're like, hey, look, Leroy Roker, we think he's a guy under the radar. We think he can come in and, and make an impact on the line. And McClain, we really like him. And then you have this, you know, the star in KJ Bolden. Like, that's a great safety room, right? You know, that's a great safety room, but you just don't have that bona fide, this dude is a first round level talent potentially in three or four years. So I, I think, you know, th- there's reason for optimism with McClain. There's reason for optimism eventually with Roker, but you do worry, you know, you're at the position, you, I mean, you're losing Josh Proctor. Um, you know, you have as crazy as this is to say, you might only have one more year with Sonny Styles uh, as a Buckeye. Um, considering how young he is, you you I mean, you might lose Lathan Ransom. Maybe probably going to lose Lathan Ransom. Just depends. He just finished up his fourth year, so like you might go from Proctor and Ransom and Styles to a room where you've got to start relying on some young guys here. And you need some of these young guys to start hitting or else there's going to be some some question marks in the safety room. So I, I think you should feel decent about the safety room, but there's definitely questions that I have and there's definitely worries that I would have about kind of the future of that room. So let's talk to two corners, which I did not realize Aaron Scott was a five-star recruit now. That kid's, I mean, he looks like a first-rounder, but... Oh, yeah. Aaron Scott and Bryce West. Let's let get into them a little bit and tell fans who they are. 
Yeah, so Bryce West, we'll start with him um, just because you kind of teased already, Aaron Scott. We'll start with Bryce West, number 55 player in the country. It's a little bit like the receiver recruiting where it kind of feels disingenuous to say he's the second-ranked player at this position. It's just because he's really good. Uh, He's the number 55 player in the country, number four corner, the number two player in the state of Ohio. Uh, Hint, hint, Ohio got the number one and two players in the state of Ohio. Um, that's a good job by Ohio State. I know they're both at the same position, but that's something that Ohio State should be striving to do. He's a guy you look at, again, he's got good size, 5'11", 177. You you would like to see him add a little bit more weight, but he's got really good track speed, um, you know, really fast. You can see him kind of just show himself in those regards in in that kind of coverage skills, good ball skills. Plays in Ohio for whatever you value that at. I know a lot of people really think highly of guys that play in Ohio. Um, I look at, I look at him. I look at Bryce West as a guy who it's It's going to be a crowded corner room and it's a talented corner room, but this guy's just as talented as all the other kids that you have in there. Um, and, and I think that he can be a really, really, really nice corner for this team. But the guy that I think has the highest upside of this room is Aaron Scott. Um, he's six one ninety. Uh, he's the number 34 player in the country, which like, as you said, is a five-star player for the composite rankings. He's the number two corner in the country. He is the number one player in the state of Ohio. He committed to Ohio state over Michigan and Oregon. Um, so that was a nice win, not just to get him to Ohio state, but to keep him away from Michigan. Um, you know, he's got really good length as evidenced by his six foot two frame. I mean, this is a guy who you put on the outside and you're like, man, this dude can play really, really good football for two or three years, and then maybe he goes to the NFL and we wave by, and he's a first or second round pick. Like that's kind of the level of talent that this guy has. Um, really fast, you know. He's got, like I said, he's got really good coverage skills. He's physical, I think, at the line of scrimmage, and I think that that matters when you're in high school. Um, he's just he's a player that you just look at and you're like, yeah, this is a plug and play dude on the outside. And when you're playing in the kind of future college football world that Ohio State's going to be playing in where you're not going to be playing just Iowa and Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan and all these kind of teams that are just going to try to run the ball down your throat when you are going to have to play Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA and you're going to be playing a 12 team playoff or you're going to be playing more diverse teams that throw the ball you know you're not only going to play one or two teams like that can kind of air it out and spread you out you're going to be playing a lot more teams like this and I think Aaron Scott and Bryce West are going to be big, big, big contributors moving down the line. Um, this is a big haul, and, and you have to give, um, you know, you have to give the uh, the recruiting staff for Ohio State great job or great props for kind of identifying these guys. Um, you know, they Tim Walton. You look at the cornerbacks coach, great job in terms of getting these guys in the room. I know they're Ohio guys, so maybe you want to say that's a cop out. I don't really know. I don't really care at this point. I mean, they're two really good players. They're top 55 recruits, and you're bringing in two bona fide just studs, frankly, at corner. And I, would, I look at the corner room, and outside of – I mean, I think there's a really good case to be made outside of the receiver room. You feel best about cornerback on this roster right now when you look at every other position, um, quarterback – running back, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, safety. I think corner has a really strong case to be number two with the way that they have recruited this room in the last couple of years and what they have on the roster right now. Ohio State has five stars at all but one of the premium NFL positions. When you look at who gets drafted within the top 10 of an NFL draft, your quarterback's a five-star. You've got a wide, two five-star wide receivers. You've got a five-star edge rusher. 
and you've got a five-star cornerback. You just don't have the offensive lineman, the tackle, which Jordan Seaton would have been had he chosen Ohio State. But yep. Aaron Scott is an interesting, interesting, interesting prospect, I think. As you mentioned, 6'2", 190. I mean, it feels Jordan Hancock-ish a little bit, where it's a guy who might be able to do inside and outside for you. But I, I think you mentioned Ohio State beat Michigan and Oregon for him. I was there the day he committed, and he did it in the funniest way possible. So there was a moment heading into his official visit at Ohio State going into June when Aaron Scott thought he was going to Michigan. And he and uh, Bryce West, who you mentioned, the other Glenville kid, uh, joining Demarion Winton yep. and Arvell Reese. He was a true freshman. And those are your Glenville kids. And I'm pretty sure he's – he was the first – no, Arvell Reese was the first one. But that's a big deal, too. That's a top 50 recruit from Ohio, from Glenville. That's a big deal. But Bryce West committed during his official visit. Like they were sitting in, a, in the dining hall and he got up and announced he was coming to Ohio State. And Aaron Scott's sitting right next to him. Right next to him. He's sitting right next to him. He's watching this happen. And then Demarion Witten committed, I think, the next day while they were still on the visit. Aaron Scott's watching this happen. And then Miles Lockhart committed once they got home. So you had two of your three corners committed within five days after they were all on an official visit together. While Aaron Scott went to that visit thinking, I'm going to Michigan. And then things happened on that visit, and it very much flipped his mindset, and that's how they kept him home. That's a big pickup. That's a five-star cornerback that you kept from going to your rival who has beaten you now three times in a row. So that, that's a big deal. I, I, I'm with you. Yes, they're Ohio kids. And so maybe it's a bigger conversation if, they, if you don't get those guys. But it's still a conversation if you get them because it's a bigger conversation about the corner room, back room as a whole and the way Tim Walton over the last two years has fixed something that has been a problem since Kerry Combs left the first time, and that's the cornerback recruiting and the cornerback development. Denzel Burke had played at like an all-American level at times this year. We saw what Jordan Hancock was able to do as an inside and outside guy. Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson Hunt, Hunt seem to be next as top 50 recruits in their respective recruiting class, and now you're popping that on top of with Bryce West, Miles Lockhart as more of a nickel, and then Aaron Scott as a five-star recruit. As you just mentioned, Andrew, outside of receiver and quarterback recruiting, this is probably the most stable position in terms of you know they're going to be bringing in talent every year. Yeah, I mean, I know this is a recruiting pod, but let's look at the room as it stands right now. I, I we have we don't know a decision on Denzel Burke. Um, you still have you still have Hancock at corner. You have Davis and Igbenosin who will be back. Jermaine Matthews looked really good when he played this year. You feel great about him. Calvin Simpson Hunt. I mean, I mean, these are guys that are like, they're not players that Ohio State just like recruited and was like, oh, 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 these guys are, these guys are good. And that's interesting. We didn't know this. Like Calvin Simpson Hunt was the number 62 player in the country. Jermaine Matthews was the number 51 player in the country. Like these are guys that are top 65 recruits and Ohio state's bringing these dudes in. So you, you saw good returns on those guys. Um, you have the health of the room right now. I mentioned like next year, like even if Denzel Burke goes, you have to feel pretty good about the room. If it's Igbenosin, Hancock and Matthews is your starting trio at, at corner. Like if you have two, two outsides in your slot, you feel good about that because then Calvin Simpson hunts your fourth. And then you've got Son you got Lorenzo Styles. I almost said Sonny. You got Lorenzo Styles somewhere in there as depth. And then you've got the freshmen coming in, like 
That's a great room. Not only is that development, not only is that talent, that's just an outstanding room from top to bottom. So yeah, the cornerback room, man, I just, they're doing a bang up job at corner and A plus all around. I, I, I don't know how you could really be dis- discouraged by what they're doing at corner. That's If you want to look at what they're doing defensively and be worried, I, I hear you and I get it. And I probably agree with you. You got to leave corner out of that conversation because they're doing some really, really, really special things at corner. So that's secondary. Front six guys that start at linebacker, they've got two guys there. Who are those guys, Andrew? Again, um, this is a position where you look at and you like what you see. There's not a, wow, five-star player coming in, but I, I do think you know you are, pretty, you are pretty content with what you got here. You got Peyton Pierce out of Texas. Um, James Laurinaitis was big with this guy. Um, you know, if you, if you kind of followed his recruitment, you know, Notre Dame was big with Laurinaitis and Laurinaitis was at Notre Dame and Notre Dame was big for Peyton Pierce. Then all of a sudden James Laurinaitis comes to Ohio state and Peyton Pierce starts to shift his interest a little bit to Ohio state. Wonder how that happened. Um, so Peyton Pierce, he's the number two Oh two player in the country. He's the number 17 linebacker, number 34 overall. so you like what you see out of Pierce. I think he is a guy who kind of fits a more traditional style of linebacker. Um, you know, he is a he's a guy who, again, high level of high school football in Texas. If you got James Laurinaitis's recommendation, that has to go pretty well for you. Um, and then you go to Garrett Stover. Um, Garrett Stover, he's listed as a safety on the two four seven composite rankings, but that's not how Ohio State's recruiting him. Um, he is got he has gotten bigger. Over, over his high school career, as these kids tend to do, but he has gotten bigger recently. Um, so, I mean, he's a guy who, he's got great speed. He's got great athleticism. He's obviously the cousin of current Ohio State tight end, Cade Stover. He's the number 105 player in the class. He's a four-star player, the number nine linebacker, the number five player in the state of Ohio. Um, I mean, he, he's a guy that you can look at and see, all right, maybe he, maybe, I mean, he's definitely going to put on weight when he gets to college. But he can play, you know, Will, he can play Mike, he can play in coverage. I think you look at him, I kind of view him in like a steel, steel chambers type of role where you can play him in, in coverage and I think he can excel. I mean, he's got that type of body where he can play in like a hybrid type of role where you feel really good about him playing in the box, you feel really good about him playing in coverage against like tight ends and stuff like that. So I think you got a nice little one-two punch here with, with Pierce and Stover. Um, I would feel pretty solid with this class, what you get from Ohio State. And, um, you know, I, I mean, you look at the linebacking core now, you, you got some talent on the room. You got Cody Simon coming back. You got CJ Hicks, who's going to be going into his third year. You know, Arvell Reese is around. Like, y- you feel good about the room as it stands now. And then when you supplement with, um, with Pierce and Stover, you, you, like that du- you like that duo. And finally, the defensive line, which as of right now, the class is what? <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Um, well, you get Eric Mensa. Uh, he is an uh, edge defender out of uh, Virginia. Um, he's listed as an edge defender. We'll see kind of how Ohio State wants to use him. Um, but he's 6'3", 290. Number 824 player in the country, number 91 defensive lineman, number 15 player in the state of Virginia. Uh, shout out staff of Virginia and Mountain View High School. Uh, I know where that is. I grew up in Virginia. Um, it's good football down there, 
but it's obviously not the high level of football that you would get from a place like, I don't know, Georgia, which is where five-star player Edric Houston is from. And there are some concerns as we record this on Sunday evening with Edric Houston. Uh, Edric Houston committed to Ohio State on August 22nd. It was a major win for Ohio State to get a player like this because at the time, you saw him coming in with Justin Scott and you're like, okay, Edric Houston, five-star edge. Justin Scott, five-star interior player. They can play one tech or three tech. He's a massive body. And all of a sudden, you start to stack this a little bit and you're like, whoa, two five-stars on the defensive line with the cornerback room that they've got? Okay, we can we can co-sign this. We we can we can we can, we, can, we can do this. We can do something with this. And and I think you would be absolutely right to look at Ohio State's room and be like, "Wow, this is outstanding. This is great. This is exactly what the Buckeyes needed." Well, Edric Houston, uh, on the weekend of the 16th and 17th, uh, he visited Clemson, uh, reportedly, and he, according to Alabama's on three site was at Alabama. And that's problematic for a couple of different reasons. Because number one, as I mentioned, Justin Scott, Ohio State wanted to pair Houston with Justin Scott. Justin Scott is no longer in this class. He has flipped to Miami. Losing Edric Houston, losing a five-star player is never good, but losing Edric Houston to Clemson or Alabama would be pretty disastrous for a couple of different reasons. Because the trench recruit in the trenches recruiting for Ohio State would just go down the pipe if you lose both Scott and Houston, right? You lose those guys, and then your your number one player in the trenches would be Ian Moore, who is number 138 overall. And then you have to go all the way down to Deontay Armstrong, who is number 428 overall. Like, that's that's not a good dip for Ohio State. So, again, you have... A five-star player who you thought you were going to pair with another five-star player on your defensive line. If you lose that, you have one player in your class. Now they are going after somebody else, and we'll we'll talk about him in the next segment. But you have one player, Eric Mensa, who's a three-star player, number eight twenty-four in the class, and that's it. You have one defensive lineman. So forget quality. You know, forget, hey, we lost two five-star players. That's not good enough. You don't have the quantity that you need on the defensive line if Edric Houston does bolt, if Edric Houston does leave. And and we haven't been given any indication, at least I haven't, as of, again, Sunday evening at 6 p.m., that Edric Houston is imminently leaving, that he's definitely staying. I haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't kind of received anything about, hey, this is going one way or the other. But when a guy takes two visits less than a week before signing day, that's got to raise some red flags. And I know it raised a lot of red flags. I sent this out to our texters on uh, on Saturday when I saw this news come through uh, from the Alabama site. And a lot of people were terrified. A lot of people were like, this is not good, Andrew. What's going on? And And we'll see if he stays in the class. But losing him quantity-wise would just not be good. I mean, it would take your defensive recruiting down to a level that it just I, feels like we're saying the same stuff. You're, you're in the trench recruiting is not good enough and your defensive recruiting has got to be better. And not only that, it would put a serious kind of blip on your defensive line recruiting because then 
maybe not now, but you're definitely going to have to go portal diving at some point to replace some of these guys that you missed on because you would only be bringing in one player and that's not good enough for a, for a class that originally was going to have three, maybe four in it. And then you go down to one. That's just, that's just, that's just not good enough. This could be in, ended up being nothing, but obviously it, it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a, I'm sure Ohio state knows that these visits were taken. This didn't spring them by surprise, but it doesn't make you feel any better about those situations. And it's a, it can create an anxious environment 48 hours before signing day takes off. So listen, we might get them Wednesday and education signs his letter of intent. And this is all for nothing, but obviously, yes, it's, it's, it's worth noting because it, it is, it, we're in that point of the year where we, as you get closer to signing day, flipping happens. And when you're seeing your five-star edge rusher taking visits to schools who for starters are just closer to home, that's, you know, that's, that's already an issue. While also you're not sure what's going on with your own roster in terms of what things are going to look like in 2024, let alone 2025 and 2026 and beyond, because you're still waiting on JT Tuimaloa with Jack Sawyer and Mike Hall and Tyleek Williams to all make these decisions. So anytime you see a guy who's supposed to help, you know, replenish that talent, regardless of what they do. Obviously, I understand why a fan would want to freak out about that in the moment. So that's the defensive recruiting side. That's nine, excuse me, nine defensive recruits. And for a defense, that's going to potentially lose a lot of bodies. Or might not. They might not lose any yeah, of these sure. guys. Who knows? A lot of these guys are still up in the air. But still, I think that the conclusion you can come to, Andrew, is the cornerback recruiting is in a great place. You're really excited about Stella. the future. Yep. The really linebackers have got some the linebackers have some decent guys. The safeties have depth, but you're still looking for that signature win from Perry Eliano on the recruiting trail, and you haven't necessarily gotten it, whether it was Caleb Downs in 2023 or K.J. Bolden in the 2024 class. Well, the defensive line, it's, I mean, a month and a half ago, you had two five-stars. And right now, there's yeah, Two five-stars, you're working on another top 100 player, and yeah, it just it, and, it doesn't now, look now, you're probably not going to get that top 100 right player. It just doesn't yeah. look great. It's not a great vibe that you're heading into signing day when you look at that defensive recruiting. But that's the people. But they still might not be done adding some names, or maybe they are. But there are a couple of people Ohio State is still in the running for as we head into signing day. And we'll get into who those guys are when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. You should get the text, 614-350-3315. Two-week free trial, two nine, two, 399 excuse me, excuse me. We're not having a Black Friday sale after over that. here, Stephen Means. No Black Friday fry right now. Two-week free trial, 399 after that. 614-350-3315. News, instant analysis, anything you want to get. It comes to your phone first before we do it anywhere else, especially when we're talking about recruiting. Andrew, we, we ran down the defensive recruits. There's nine people. There's some, some good. There's some eh. And there's some whoa. But they also might not be done adding guys to that class. Are there any people that our listeners should be paying attention to between now and signing day on Wednesday. Yeah, well, the number one guy would be Coy Parrish. Um, he is a safety out of Esco, Minnesota. Um, he's a guy who he is currently committed to Minnesota. Uh, there is um, there is a little bit of um, how you would say intrigue as to what his future is going to be. Uh, he committed to Minnesota on April 19th, but he received an Ohio state offer on November 6th. And then he officially visited Ohio state on December 9th. 
Uh, Minnesota's coaching staff, I know, was big on trying to keep him in the class. And the reason why is fairly obvious. Um, He's the number 116 composite player in the 247 class, the number 10 safety, the number one player in the state of Minnesota. Um, He will be announcing his commitment. He tweeted this out, uh, that he will be signing on December 20th at 2.30. So this is a commitment that you're you. I don't know if you're going to be able to watch. I don't know if they're going to be able to stream it or anything like that. I know there's a billion different things of these going on. So I don't know if they finalize that. I'm sure you'll be able to find something somewhere. Um, but that is one to keep an eye on because, as I mentioned, you know Ohio State could really use another safety. You know, especially in that kind of top 150 range, and Parrish would be that type of guy. Because um, I think we also talked about our our transfer portal desires, needs, wants, however you want to phrase it. And I think we all kind of included safety, maybe not at the top, but kind of somewhere in that list of like, hey, maybe a safety portal edition wouldn't be the worst idea. Getting Parrish would certainly help with that. Um, And then the other guy would be Carlin Jones. He decommitted from Nebraska a couple of weeks ago. He is a defensive lineman. He's going to play on the interior at the college level, 6'2 285. He is the number 412 player in the in the country per the 247 composite rankings, the number 45 defensive lineman, and the number 62 player in the state of Texas in the Lone Star State. Um, again, this is an interesting guy. Uh, he decommitted from Nebraska on November 28th, and then he got some pretty serious offers coming in. Kansas State offered that day, but then USC offered immediately. Syracuse, the fighting Kyle McCords, offered a week later. Alabama offered a week later. Ohio State had already offered him. Ohio State offered him a month before. He took a visit to Ohio State on December 8th. And then he took a visit this past weekend, as we record this, the weekend of the 16th, 17th, to USC. So his commitment is certainly kind of up in the air. We'll see where he decides to go. Again, he is from Texas, from Bay City, Texas. Um, But Ohio State is interested in getting this guy in the class. I know I just spread a lot of fear with the Edric Houston news, um, but if Edric Houston stays in this class and then you get Carlin Jones and then you get Eric Mensa, there are worse things in this world than having that defensive line class. Um, there are better things in this world. Like, I don't know what Ohio State's defensive line class looked like a month and a half ago, but that's not doomsday scenario if you have Edric Houston and Carlin Jones and Mensa. It is doomsday scenario if you don't get Jones and you lose Houston, um, but we're just going to have to see. So Ohio State is kind of working on on trying to get him into the class. Like I said, he did visit Ohio State, and then he visited USC a week later. Uh, so we will see on signing day uh, what's going on with Mr. Carlin Jones. So let's close out with this, because this is the second of a two-day breakdown of the Ohio State recruiting class, the 2024 recruiting class. We did offense on Monday. We're doing defense today. They have the number two class in the country. Their average star rating is 93.1, which is also second nationally behind Georgia's 93.55. But even that, Georgia might be losing their five-star quarterback. I mean, depending on what Dylan Rayola plans to do here. So that gap may even be closer than that, depending on what happens with Dylan. They have the number two class in the country. They have had the number two class one other time since Ryan Day took over, and that was in 2021. They also did it in 2018 and 2017, and I think 2014. 
or 13, one of those years, they also had the number two recruiting class. So like they've that's their they've never had number one, but they've had number two at other points, and they were with classes where you thought those classes had national championship caliber potential. We talked about that 21 class at length about how they could be a super team in 2023. Now that didn't come to pass, but you know, in right. theory, at that point, when you look at the names on paper, that seemed like a team who should have been competing for a national title when you project it out two years from now. Andrew, when you look at this 2024 recruiting class, like I said, they're the number two class in the country. Why doesn't it feel like they have the number two class in the country? Because it's the same problems that have persisted and plagued Ohio State for years now in recruiting. Um, I, For as long as I have this job and for as long as we talk about Ohio State recruiting, I will always remember the first pod I did with you and Nathan. And that was the day that Kingston Viliamuasa committed to Notre Dame over Ohio State and USC. And the thing that I remember immediately, and I kind of, you know, you did, you know, you frantically did your research and you were all nervous because it's your first pod and you don't want to sound like an idiot and you do all this stuff. And the thing I remember looking at, and I was like, their defensive recruiting's got to get better. <laughs> their defensive recruiting's got to get a little. Their defensive recruiting's got to get a little better. And obviously, you come to figure that out about the offensive line too. And I remember I said something on the pod where I was like, you can lose one guy to Notre Dame, and that's fine, but you can't make this a pattern. And Nathan and, or you was like, have you been listening to previous pods? Because this is pretty much all we've been talking about with recruiting for the last couple of years. <laughs> like, this can be a one-off, but you can't do this. And it's just the same thing. And it's just been, we, we could honestly, like, you could honestly just do this every time. Like, we could just replace the names and just be like, hey, Ohio State didn't get, and then we just have like a generic, like, EA Sports, you know, Madden announcer thing where it's like, Kingston, Philly, Amuasa. And we'll see how this impacts the class moving forward, especially after they didn't get. Jordan Seton and you can just kind of move through the class and like you could just fill in the names and it's like Ohio State's not recruiting these positions and that's kind of been the downfall that you've seen right like Ohio State's recruiter receiver recruiting disgusting in a good way for those that are confused it's unbelievably good right their their receiver recruiting is unfathomable it's awesome their cornerback recruiting is really good and I understand it's hard to say, like, it's, I understand you just missed on a five-star quarterback with Kyle McCord. It didn't work out. But their, their quarterback recruiting is good. Their quarterback, recording, their quarterback recruiting is really good. You have Aaron Nolan, and then I know this isn't a 24 pod, but you have Tavian St. Clair in the class behind him. That's really good. A lot of programs would kill for some of this stuff like that. And that's where you look at it, and you're like, man, Ohio State has Jeremiah Smith, Mylon Graham, Edric Houston, Aaron Scott, Aaron Nolan, Jeremiah McClellan, Bryce West, James Peoples. All those guys are in the top 100 of the 247 composite rankings. But the problem with why it doesn't feel that way is that there's no offensive lineman in that class. You have one defensive lineman in that class, and we'll, we don't know. How, it sounds a little precarious right now whether you're going to hang on to him. And it just, you worry. I, I, one of our texters one time said, like, Ohio State recruits like, it's play, like they're playing seven on seven. And you kind of worry about that that you you got a lot of the fancy stuff 
but the meat and potatoes, I guess quite literally, since you're talking about the big boys, the meat and potatoes of the class are not what you would want it to be. So again, they have the a, a remarkably envious class. Like um, every program in the country would kill for the number two overall recruiting class. It's just you worry about the same stuff. And, and I think that that's why, and maybe we're a little bit too close to the painting where you can't see the whole picture because again, they do have a five-star quarterback coming in. They do have all these great receivers. They do have all these great corners. And you don't want to sound overly negative about it because they are bringing in remarkably great players that will be very good. Like, they, like there's no reason to believe that they won't. The receivers and the quarterback track record that they've had and the corners. And there's, there's reason to believe that this class is going to be very good once again you know, 11 and one, 10 and two, 12 and zero type seasons. And, and that is very good. And that's going to get you into the playoff in a 12 team playoff world. And we'll see where you go from there, but it's just the same concerns. And I think that that's why it doesn't feel like it because a lot of people, if, if you were saying it in 2022, 2023, 2024, now in these classes, it's the same concern. And I think that's why it feels like it's gotten tiresome a little bit. I think that's right. I think when you look at this Ohio state roster this year, and you go, where were the problems? Yeah, exactly. Outside of quarterback. Outside of quarterback, because that's going to get fixed. And you know that's going to get fixed because there's a bunch of other dudes who are, have the same recruiting profile that Kyle McCord has. And one of those guys is going to be good, right? This, in theory, you would think so. That's why they recruit the room that way. But the places where you had issues or the places where you think you're going to have issues in the near future, as in like the next two or three years here, does this recruiting class make you feel like that problem is going to be solved? I think the answer to that can be no, especially on the offensive line. Now, because of where we're at with the transfer portal, because NIL and all these extra things exist, how much it matters maybe goes down 15% because you can easily just fix that issue yep. because there's always going to be something in the... I, I don't want to say always going to be something in the portal, but it's not going to be shocking. I mean, there's more than 3,000 people in the portal right now, and that number is only going to rise every single year. So maybe you do get to the point where there's always going to be an option in the portal. So maybe it's not as dark and gloomy as it felt like in 2021 when we were projecting things out and we were looking at the offensive line and going, oh, well, there's not real answers there. And then it came to pass. Maybe there's a better solution in 2026 when we project this out. But I do think that's right, Andrew. The wide receiver recruiting in this class is awesome. Well, like the wide receivers on the roster are awesome and they're always awesome. So like, what's well, awesome that you got Jeremiah Smith, he is the next in line of something that's already consistently good. And the same with quarterback. And Tim Walden has spent two years getting that cornerback room right, where now you almost expect it on yeah. the recruiting trail for him to find elite guys, which, I mean, the 2025 class might add an elite guy on January 6th when Devin Sanchez commits, if he just chooses, sure. between, chooses Ohio State. So, you're, But you're there now. Where the under, where you you think that's what's going to happen is that an elite player is going to walk out the door and an elite player is going to replace him. That's not where we're at with some of the positions like offensive line and defensive line right now and safety right now, to be frank about it. And so I think that screams louder yeah. sometimes than just looking at it from a face value and going, they have the number two class in the country. And I do think there's a middle ground to work in there. I'm just trying to figure out what that is because they have the number two class yeah. in the country. And it's like a significant gap in between 
where they are as a class, where where they and Georgia are as a class, and where Florida State, Alabama, and Texas are right now. There's a decent size gap in both overall points and average star rating. And yet, I don't know if it completely feels like that gap exists. It feels like a situation where numbers don't lie, but they also don't tell the whole truth. And I think that's why you can have the number two class in the country and still not feel all the way confident about the talent you're bringing into your roster. Yeah, so like the number three team in the country in terms of average player rating, in terms of what you're recruiting, like I do, I do think this is interesting. Um, in terms of the top 100 players that they have in their class, here are just the positions. Quarterback, receiver, corner, tight end, corner, defensive line, offensive line. So you got two offensive, you got an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, two corners, a tight end, a receiver, and a quarterback. That program's Alabama. So the one thing that Ohio State would be missing to match the top of Ohio's or the top of Alabama's class would be an offensive lineman in the top 100, right? And that's kind of what we've been talking about for the last, I don't know. what they have a better class in Alabama. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the top of the, like, in terms of positional things, like, you're not talking, they both have an elite quarterback, Julian Sain and Aaron Owen. They're both great players. Sain is ranked higher for what it's worth. Sain is ranked higher. Um Ryan Williams is a really good receiver from Alabama. He's committed to Alabama. He was always going to Alabama. He's from Alabama. Uh, they've got a really good corner. They've got the highest ranked corner of Ohio State. Uh, Jalen, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name. I'm gonna butcher it. Um, but he's the number one player in the. Or he's a remarkably good corner. He's the number one corner in their class. They have a tight end. They have a corner. They have another corner. Xavier Brown from California. They have a defensive lineman, and then they've got an interior offensive lineman in Casey Poe. And that's the top 100 recruits that they've got. They have a safety at 101. Um, they've got another edge rusher. They've got another receiver. Like They're not recruiting receiver as well as Ohio State. And they're not recruiting receiver even close to as well as Ohio State. So there are things you can like. And I think it's, I think, and it's also frustrating for Ohio State fans because I get where you're coming from whenever, you know, you see, we text, you know, you guys text in or, you know, we see your responses or whatever. And you guys say, like, why can't we just get this one guy? Because, like, think about how much differently we'd be talking about this class, like, if Jordan Seaton was in it. Like, think about how differently we'd be talking about the offensive side of the ball for this class if Jordan Seaton was your prized offensive lineman. Like, that's a crazy difference. And, you know, think about how differently we'd be talking about this class if you hang on to Edric Houston and you had Justin Scott. Like, just one guy, one or two guys go differently. And, and I think that that's the frustration. But... The class is really good, and they are recruiting mostly the same level of players. It's just you're one or two away per class, and and I think that that's the most frustrating part. So that's the class. We spent Monday going over the offense, Tuesday going over the defense, and a little big picture we threw in there as well. As you're listening, so on Tuesday, you're 24 hours, man. Well, not even 24 hours. They can start sending those in at like midnight, I think, on Wednesday. So you're a day away from Ohio State signing potentially the number two class in the country with. I think they have five five stars in it, 13 other four stars in it. Right now, average star rating 93.1. That's second in the country and 29, I mean, 299.14 points. That's second in the country as well with those 23 commits. Get the text 614-350-3315. We're expected to talk with Ryan Day on Wednesday about this class, this number two class in the country. I just, 
Number two class in the country, man. Number two class in the country. I think it's it's the best thing happening at Ohio State right now. It's that they have the number two class in the country. That's and that's not a hyperbolic yep. statement. You lost to Michigan. You're not playing for a college football playoff. Your quarterback just transferred to Syracuse, and you're not really sure. You're kind of in limbo right now until you figure out who is going to be returning in this 2024 roster in terms of third year talent that has the option to go pro or not. So this is the best thing happening is that they're going to sign the number two class in the country and at least replenish some of that talent at some positions that'll wrap up this pod wednesday's pod i think is a rapid fire pod we'll we'll just do something brief on that before we go talk with ryan day on wednesday and we'll continue the conversation throughout the week because it is signing day signing week the actual signing day starts on december 20th and we'll run through the 22nd that's wednesday through friday so get the text 614-350-331 for andrew gillis i'm steven means and that was buckeye talk <laughs>